the 460th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet of up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 460. As you race towards episode 500, we're going to have, I don't know, we're probably going to have a normal episode. Maybe we'll cover Samurai Fight House or or um, or uh, Happy Elephant or something special for that episode. But anyhow, episode 460 goes out to one of our friends in the Discord. Have we spoke to this gentleman before, Mr. 405? I'm, we may have spoken with him before, but anyhow, we uh, he listened to us very, very much often, very much, very muchly, very often, a lot. He listened to us a lot <laughs> in 2023, according to Spotify. He He's a top 4% fan of us. He's listened to us for 2,584 minutes, and then he switched to watching us on YouTube. So uh, Mr. 405 needs to get a life, first of all, but we appreciate uh, you listening. Um, He's got an OKC logo, and 405 is the Oklahoma City area code. So we have a fan in Oklahoma City, Mr. Gumby. Let's bring in Gumby so he can uh, thank 405 as well. Hello, Gumby Vreeland. And I, I already knew 405 was uh, Oklahoma City. My dad used to live down there when he was in welding school. There's a fun fact. Oh, cool. uh, Yeah, so uh, shout out to Oklahoma City and your newly excited, not newly exciting basketball team. They were fun last year, right? They just weren't as good yes. last year. Because they have um, a Canadian leading the way. Is it the Canadian that makes it more fun? Or is it the big gangly Gonzaga uh, grad? Big weird guy. <laughs> yeah, the gangly Gonzaga grad does it all. So, uh, yeah, shout out to 405. And if uh, you guys would like to win some merch from the SGPN MMA Gambling Podcast, get those Spotify uh, end-of-the-year wrap-ups and do us a favor tag us in it on Twitter. So if you've got a Twitter, hopefully you've got a Twitter. Uh, if you've got a Twitter, post those little pictures there. Tag us at SGPN MMA. We'll pick one random person who uh, who tags us in those end of the year wrap ups and we'll give them uh, some free stuff. So so make sure that you do that sometime before, uh, I don't know, before Christmas, uh, probably before Christmas. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. yeah let's, we let's feel think. like we, ne- we yeah. never put an end date on these ever, do we? No. We we, I, by ready. the way, we did give away the sweatshirt for people who are wondering. The sweatshirt did get given away. Uh, I realize we never announced that on there. Friend of the uh, friend of the show, uh, Eric Does Sports, uh, was the, the lucky right. random winner on that one. Nice. Very good. Very good. Well, we're, we're so... We're so generous. Yeah, our Discord is full of Taylor Swift talk right now, which is very <laughs> something I would not have expected to happen. But apparently our friend Dread needs an 11-year-old girl secretly, and he loves Taylor Swift. They are. We do she have seems, a girl listening. She's, she's in, infiltrating all of the sports, huh? Like she's, uh, I'm sure they talk yep. about her on the NFL Gambling yep. Podcast. I bet. Yep. Yeah. Because the games with her and Travis Kelsey seemingly is much better. Uh, and now, now here we are in, in MMA. Uh, I don't expect to see her cage side anytime soon, but, uh, we're, we're talking about her. <laughs> and my son tried to 
a few months ago tried to uh, argue with me that she wasn't the biggest star in the world and right she after is. he's she right after she, she, he <laughs> right after he said that she got even bigger i think he was yeah. trying to argue i can't remember he's arguing beyonce maybe but no, no. Kid, 13 year olds 13 year olds don't have their finger on the pulse like we do us <laughs> people yeah i guess i'm maybe right. not the uh, one nothing. who should be making these arguments but like <laughs> I, true. I to be fair i think you're right <laughs> yeah exactly but who, who am i to say um we got some UFC to talk about, and I, th- I think we may have some different picks than one another this week, perhaps. I'm not solid on a lot of my picks. I mean, th- this was a hard one for me to make picks on. I'm not sure if that's, uh, I'll let you speak on it as well. But yeah, um, a lot of interesting lines, a lot of lines that, that surprised me. And um, I had a lot of question marks beside my picks, and I had a, which means I have to like do a deeper dive into uh, more, much more than, than I normally do. So I did deeper dives and, uh, I came up with my picks. Most of them solidified. Some of them tentative. Uh, you may you may sway me here or there. Uh, how about you? Uh, I I'm pretty steady on all my picks. It did take me a second to think about it because it was like one of those fight cards where when I looked at it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy sucks." Uh, and then I looked at the guy <laughs> they were fighting, and I was like, "Yes." Do, do they suck worse than that he's, guy? He's too. Yes. Uh, yeah, and not not necessarily like okay, the, not necessarily like are they both shitty, but like. Which one has a flaw that the other one will exploit more obviously? Um, And and that was like a weird, weird question on a lot of these fights. Uh, So I I think I wound up with a lot of good value on this card, though. So uh, uh, it's going to be fun for you listeners. Let's just leave it at that. There's at least three of those fights on the prelims, I think, where both both are like, like this, ah, guy, nah, nah. this guy, this yeah. guy, and and sucks is the wrong sucks is the wrong word. I, I feel bad about saying that now that I've said it because like some of them I've I've interviewed and I like them very much as people blow blows they, word, right. <laughs> no, they 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 have they have very clear and evident flaws in what they have been doing in the UFC thus far, and uh, you have to ask yourself if the other person has worse or more exploitable flaws than that person yeah we'll find out we'll we'll be asking such questions uh as we get into this ufc and espn darush versus sarukian aka ufc austin it's not a ufc fight it's not a ufc uh apex card excuse me it is is a fight night card but so we actually have some decent fights on it more than one fight usually uh if it's an apex card you, you you got one fight on the top which is usually pretty good sometimes it's a middleweight fight, so it's not good. Uh, and then <laughs> the rest of the cards kind of uh, just for weirdos like us and our friends in the Discord. But th- that's, this next, card's that's got, next week. That's next week. Yeah. <laughs> this card's got a few. Song versus Gutierrez, he he refers to. This fight's actually got names that casual fans would uh, would probably recognize. Even casual fans from 20 years ago would recognize. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Or at least one. Per- ah, Misha Tate's been around a while, too. I was going to say Clay, Clay Guida, but yeah, Misha's, Misha's been around a while as well. We, we have some pioneers on this card, do we not? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, pe- the, the oldest people who are still kicking around the UFC, some of them are on yep. this one. Yep. Yep, Misha Tate, 2007 was her first fight. So yeah, and Clay... <sighs> Clay Guida, even longer than that, as, as we'll get into tomorrow's episode. Clay Guida, 2003. So, yeah, um, some interesting, yeah, like Gummy said, it's uh, we got some interesting matchups, uh, matchups that you think, oh, I'm never picking this guy to win. And then you, <laughs> and then I go to the other side and like, oh, yeah, they're fighting that person. Either I don't even remember this person or, oh, yeah, this person's really bad. <laughs> they're, they're still in the UFC. Really? Are you sure? Anyhow, uh, so that's UFC. Uh, I'll set you up. I'll tell you about our new 
sponsor, and then, and then we'll start breaking down the prelim fights today. This is UFC on ESPN, Darius versus Sarukian, a.k.a. UFC Austin, like I said. December 2nd, the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. Ever been to Austin, Gumby? Uh, I I think I have. I'm trying to remember exactly what parts of Texas I've been to. Okay. I know Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm not sure I've ever been to Austin, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on that one. Um, December the second is when it's going down. That would be this Saturday. We have got a 13 fight card, uh, split about half and half. We got seven of them t- uh, on this portion of it. Um, prelims on ESPN Plus. What is the start time? I forgot to check. Is this? I think it's a bit. I think earlier. I think I saw 4 p.m. was the, the yeah. Start. 4 p.m. is for the prelims, and then seven for the main card. Does that sound right? Okay, that's what I thought too. All right, we're going to kick off with some picks. But first, I'm going to tell you about our new sponsor. I don't think we spoke about them last episode, have we? No, Bet Rivers. We're brought to you today by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus Ontario, Canada, where I am. So I can use Bet Rivers as well. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. What's your Bet Rivers play of the day, Gumby? Put you on the spot again. Oh, man, you're, you're killing me on that one. Let's just say, uh, because we were talking about our guy 405, just take the Thunder again. Always take the Thunder. thunder. Yes. Yeah. Who are the Thunder or the. Yeah, take the Thunder regardless of when they're playing next. Um, <laughs> they just played last night and lost, I believe. Thunder are not playing tonight. I think they're playing Thursday. Yes, Lakers. They're playing on Thursday. Oh, so then definitely home. Definitely take the thunder. What do you think the line of that game is going to be, Gumby? Um, the Thunder versus Lakers line. I mean, I mean, I guess it depends. You're probably going to have to wait until you find out whether or not LeBron or Davis is sitting out because they both sit out uh, pretty frequently. But I, I take the the OKC as like negative five favorites. Wow, I think you're going to get them better than that. So. But fantastic. There you go. Hopefully, Bet Rivers it gets you a better line than that. So um go over to Bet Rivers. Sign up using our link to get a risk-free bet of up to five hundred dollars. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet rivers b-e-t-r-i-v-e-r-s. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet rivers. Problem gambling, call one 800 gambler Okay. Every time I say gambler, it reminds me of the Simpsons where Marge became a gamble holic. Remember? You have a gambling problem. Yes. And Homer Homer says uh, Homer was explaining to the kids that uh, she got taken over by a monster named Gambler. That's what makes me think of it. Because it's, it's just good. like Gambler. It is. Homer is Homer's pretty, pretty good. All right. Let's start off with some fights, shall we? These are the prelims, ESPN Plus. Um, I would say TSN in Canada, but the first few fights are usually not on TSN. TSN starts about an hour after the telecast starts. So us Canadians have to watch Fight Pass for the first few fights. Including this one, women's flyweight Veronica Hardy, knee Veronica Machado versus a Jamie Lynn Horth. I think Wessling or Wessels, or she's got another name too, does she not? I think she used to, I want to say she was married and she was Jamie Lynn Horth Wessels, and now she is not married anymore. Okay. I don't think there's any Wessels anymore. Right. I think we talked about that already, and I I apologize for bringing that up again, (laughs) Jamie Lynn, um, because for sure you're listening. All, All right. Hardy, we'll tell you about first. As far as I know, she's still married. Last I checked. Uh, Veronica Hardy, 7-4-1. One One knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. 2-4 in the UFC. Win-loss, win. 
She came back after quite a long layoff and won her last fight against one of the best fighters the UFC has seen in quite a while. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> um, we, we don't need to say her name. Uh, she used to fight up at Bantamweight, five years younger than Horth. Uh, she's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.03 strikes per minute. Not a good thing to be uh, having happen to you. Uh, she has better grappling stats than Horth, but Horth is only has one fight for us to have stats for. And she, uh, Hardy's at plus 143. Horth, a Canadian. I forgot to mention that. She is a Canadian, and she is undefeated. 6-0, three knockouts, two submissions. She owes us rounds, Gumby. <laughs> she owes us she, rounds. It's still funny. I haven't used it for a while, but it's still funny. 1-0 uh, in the UFC. Uh, surprise. I think you picked her in the... Didn't you pick her in her debut, and I went against her? You did. You took the it girl. Yes. Oh, yes. I took the it girl and instead of the Canadian. And the Canadian ended up being the it girl, if that makes sense. Um, all right. Horth used to fight up at Bantamweight, as in last fight. She fought up at Bantamweight. That was a short notice fight up a weight class, and she still won, right? That's correct. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> she, if she has a mantle, probably she does. Canadians need uh, fireplaces, so we have mantles. Um, She's an LFA champion on her mantle and a regional championship belt on her mantle. Three inches taller than Hardy, two inches reach on her, better striking stats, more active landing strikes. And she outstruck her, the it girl by 0.87 strikes per minute. And she's at minus 180. Go ahead. I'm going with Jamie Lynn Horth. Uh, I, I'm a little bit bummed that the line has kind of gotten out of hand. Uh, if you, you were like three yep. or four days ago, this was like almost a pick em. Uh, So I think people finally figured it out and are on Jamie Lynn Horth here. Veronica already looked really good in her last fight. You, you can't take that away from her, especially coming off of a three-year layoff. But again, she fought Juliana Miller. I, I don't know how much stock you can put in that and how much faith you can give in her based on the fact that she was fighting Juliana Miller. On the other hand, Jamie Lynn Horth, like you said, fought up a weight class against a very, you know, like even if you don't think Haley Cowan is all that good, she's very physically strong, right? Like she is a, a built Bantamweight. weight. And Jamie Lynn Horth dealt with that that size quite well. Uh, she she actually wound up being the one who was doing a lot of the bullying in that fight. So then you're going to drop her down to her actual weight class where she is going to be one of the more physically strong flyweights, right? She's going to be like a like a Lauren Murphy type down at at flyweight where she can she can absolutely body people around. And and Veronica Hardy has kind of been pushed around by anybody not named Juliana Miller. You know, like. Even her last win, you you mentioned she's two and one in her last three. She submitted um, uh, Pollyanna Viana, and it was Pollyanna Viana just took her down almost at will, and she armbarred her off of her back. Which like good for you for having an armbar off your back, but she was in a bad position. And other than that, she wasn't winning at all in the UFC. And you know, huge layoffs, fought somebody who like really didn't pull the skills out of her. I, I think Jamie Lynn Horth just manhandles her here, puts her on her back as much as she wants to, puts her up against the cage. Probably looks a touch better striking, but if she doesn't, she's got the outlets to change the avenue. So, yeah, I'm going Jamie Lynn Horth here. Yep, Horth is my pick as well. Uh, not a fan of the line, as you said. It's it's gotten it got worse even from when I did the breakdown like a day or two ago to to now, like quite worse. But um, she's a pick. Uh, everything got me said. Bigger bigger fighter looked really good in her last fight as well. So can't. Uh, sneeze at that. So now that I picked a Canadian, she's gonna she's bound to, to get her first career <laughs> loss. So um, no Canadians in the next fight. We got welterweights. Wellington Terman, Jared Gooden. This was one of those fights. Got me like, oh, I'm not picking Wellington Terman. And then I'm like, oh yeah, wait a minute. He's fighting. He's fighting Jared Gooden. It's he's not Jared Gordon. Down. It's not Jared. Gordon. Oh yeah, it's Gooden. Jared Gooden. If it was Jared Gordon, I might pick Jared Gordon, even though he's he'd have to go way up up uh, quite a few weight classes for that. Uh, Jared Gooden, Night Train, spelled incorrectly, N I T E. So there's a reason to pick against him right there. 
as an editor. Uh, 22 and 9, 11 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's been knocked out twice. 1 and 4 in the UFC over 2 stints. He has won two of his last three fights. He's also missed weight a couple times. So that's something to keep an eye on. Fighters that miss weight do not tend to win fights, surprisingly. 40% is the hit rate for fighters who miss weight. 45% this year. So they're, the, the, uh, the fatties are a bit better this year. Um, all right. Uh, used to fight up at middleweight. Multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. Five inches of reach on Terman. More active landing strikes than Terman. However, he's been outstruck over his UFC career by 2.03 strikes per minute. Not a rust beat for success there. Plus 163. Terman, the prodigy. I, is he still in his 20s? Can you, that, you know, I have really. I think he is. Things. I think he's like weirdly younger than we think he is. Yeah. But yeah, he is 27. But I yeah. don't know if I, I don't know if I call this guy a prodigy. Anyhow, I'll read you his resume. You, you listener or viewer, you decide if this guy's a prodigy. 18 to 7. Four knockouts, eight submissions. As I, I'm all over the place. I got ants in my pants here trying to get my chair comfortable. All right. 18 to 7. Four knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Three and five in the UFC. He has lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. Used to fight up at Bantamweight, not Bantamweight, up at Middleweight. I got Jerry Gooden on my mind, or Gordon. Uh, three years younger than Mr. Gooden. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.83 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Gooden, minus 205. Obviously, Terman is the pick, not just because he's a prodigy, but Jerry Gooden, not good. Not good, Dan. Um, Terman has kind of, he's kind of shown the prodigy type uh something uh, he's shown some skills that would make you think maybe this guy could be a prodigy but you know he's never really put it together but he's better than jerry good i think if you put all of his skills together and you stack all of them on top of each other i think you're right i think he's better than jared gooden he's better jujitsu than jared gooden he has better technical striking most of the time than jared gooden and I just don't think it's going to matter. Oh, uh, I knew a butt. I a butt was going to come. Yeah, Here comes because, the butt part. Here's, but... here's, the, here's the thing: Jared Gooden hits really hard. You have to give him that. Yeah. And Wellington yeah. Terman does not have the ability to take the fight to the ground where he's this best. He's not a good wrestler. He's not a good wrestler in any sense of the word. He is good at jujitsu. He's got very good jujitsu. But if you look at his grappling stats, and I pulled them up because I just wanted to point out how bad they were. Fought Randy <laughs> Brown. Fought Randy Brown. Let's see. Oa six trying to take Randy Brown down. Uh, he fought Andre Petrosky. He shot a let. Oh no, only three takedowns in that one. Uh, he failed at taking down Misha Serkinov on three attempts. Uh, he did get Sam Alvey down twice. Uh, out of nine, att- out of nine attempts to take down Sam Alvey, he got him down twice. We're talking about a dude who has bad wrestling, like very bad wrestling. And not for anything, Jared Gooden, sort of a good defensively defensive wrestler because he is so big. Um, because like if you go back and you look at his fight, yeah, he gave down a bunch, uh, gave up a bunch of takedowns to Carlston Harris, but like he himself defended a couple of takedowns from Randy Brown. In fact, he was better at defending takedowns than Wellington Terman was. I don't think he's a better offensive wrestler. I don't think he's better at jujitsu. I don't think his technical boxing is better, but I think he throws hammers and I think Wellington Terman is hittable. Uh, and so when you get dog money on that. And I'm just going to throw this out here too. Wellington Terman's record of wins in the UFC is so bad. Like, have you seen the <laughs> list of dudes he's beat? He's got three wins in the yeah. UFC. There's a lot of fighters like that here. So I really don't remember what his are. But yeah, I've, when I'm doing research for this, basically, some of these fighters will only beat people who are retired at this point. Mar- or Marcus, or Marcus Perez is his number one win. He beat Marcus Perez, mm, Misha Serkin. I remember that guy. 
Uh, he was the guy with the Joker paint on his face. Oh yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that, yeah. Guy. Okay. yeah that guy. And then yeah. he beat Sam Alvey and Misha Serkinov both on like seventy-two fight losing streaks. So like those are his wins, and like most of them are by like somebody. I mean, not most of them because two of them are by decision. But like the Serkinov one was just by like Serkinov shooting a dumb takedown and getting armbarred. Uh, so I'm gonna take Jared Gooden. I think he just keeps it on the feet. I think he blasts him with one big heavy hammer, and that's all he needs to do. You forgot though that he's not good. I do know that. I'm very <laughs> aware in the UFC because they needed someone last minute. That's the only reason he's back in the UFC. True, but he also let, let's look at his only win in the UFC. He beat Nicholas Stolta again. Not a good guy. <laughs> um, the green mask, if you remember the green mask, but with a big knockout, with a big one punch knockout. And yep. if you look at, um, you know, Randy Brown and Andre Petrovsky didn't knock Wellington Terman out, but Bruno Silva and Andrew Sanchez did KO him. Um, and, and that to me, like we're, we're talking about a guy who's got more power than Andrew Sanchez for sure. Yep. It's true. Well, the term is not very good either. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about another fight. A couple of, uh, one of the fighters you people don't know, uh, light heavyweights, Rodolfo Bellacho, not Bellator, Bellator minus the R Bellato versus Ihor Pachiera, the duelist. Someone in the discord <laughs> said that's one of the worst, one of the worst nicknames around. Uh, let's talk about ER 20 and four. 20 4 is his record as a pro. Nine knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out three times. One and two in the UFC. Loss, win, loss. Loss via TKO is only his last fight. His only win has come against Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, one low on contender series. He's fight up at heavyweight, was a regional champion. Has been outstruck over his contender series and UFC fights by a strike a minute, 1.08 strikes a minute to be exact. And he's at plus 300. Bellato, Traitor. He's another Traitor, Dan. We have Brazil and their tractors. It's it's a thing, eh? They love them. They love them. They, they love guys love who are tractors. This guy's a tractor as well. He's 11 and 2, six knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice. So he's been finished both of his losses. This is his UFC debut. He's won three straight fights and six of seven. He won his last fight via TKO, one on one on the contender series. His last win was on the contender series. He, he's got uh, two kicks at the can there. Uh, was a regional champion. Striking and active striking stats better than Plachiera. Better grappling stats as well. He's outstruck his contender series opponents by about half a strike a minute. He's at plus 0.49. And on the board, minus 400. A huge favorite. Go ahead. I'm going to go with Bellotto. Uh, I don't I don't know necessarily that I love betting a contender series guy who is one and one on contender series uh, at negative 400. But I will say his loss was to Vidor Petrino. Uh, and Vitor Petrino has now proven yep. to me that he's like an actual guy. Um, you know, I, while I wanted to write him off as like maybe not being that good, like he's now proven he is really good. And not for anything, yep. Bellato was beating him in that fight. Um, he himself had knocked down Petrino once with a shot. Um, and he's actually probably a little bit better at jujitsu than he is at boxing, but he had knocked down Petrino with a shot at one point in time. I worry a little bit about his cardio here and there. It's not particularly great. Uh, he won his last fight by having better cardio than a guy who has uh, terrible cardio. But there's still some, like, cardio questions for him with me. But uh, on the other hand, like, Plotiera did not look good in his last fight. He, he really looked uh, super hittable, super controllable. I, I mean, I think Bellato is just going to – I mean, if he wants to use his grappling, he should be able to do that. I could also see him throwing that big right hand repeatedly until one of them lands on Plotiera. Like he, he's just going to be faster and, and stronger and pretty much better in every place. So that's why you see the numbers so wide. And, and I think Bellotto's the guy.
Yeah, I'm not. I'm taking him as well here. Um, can't really add much uh, to what you said there. Pachier, not very good. And another guy who I'm saying not very good. What was your opinion on Bellato after his last contender series fights? I don't remember, obviously. I just think, so I think the guy he fought, what was it? Uh, Talha, Mirzada Talha or something to that effect. He, yeah. I think he fought a guy who, uh, when we handicapped him, and I remember handicapping him on contender series, he doesn't have good cardio. And I thought his cardio would potentially run out. I can't remember even who I actually picked in that fight, but I was like, Tall's cardio is is super questionable and there's a good chance it runs out and it just kind of looked like he quit in there and that that shows you something about Bellato because I had cardio questions about him and now he's able to at least assuage them and show that they're like a little bit better than somebody else I'll be honest like Vitor Petrino's run in the UFC has given me more confidence than anything Rodolfo Bellato has done for himself you know just knowing that Bellato fought that well against Petrino and so far nobody in the UFC has fought that well against Petrino, right? Like that's the toughest right. test we've seen on Petrino. Um, and, and he just, who would he just beat? Modestus Bukaskis? Like that's mm-hmm. that's crazy that Bellato looked better than Modestus Bukaskis. So uh, yep. yeah, I mean like Paul Tierra should be a huge step down for him. All right. Good enough for me. Hopefully it's good enough for all the people there as well. I got to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy now. Don't I, Gumby? Is that what's going to show do. up on the screen? There it is. You do. Look at that. Underdog Fantasy. I don't have to. I want to tell you about the people at Underdog Fantasy. I just completed my Underdog Fantasy NBA, NBA article for Thursday's game. So check that out by the time you listen to this. It should be on the site, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick, oh, and MMA, of course. Uh, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. My favorite underdog pick for today's show is... Should I give you one of mine? No. I'll make him read my article. Give him one of yours, Gumby. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. So, uh... But you you cool. always do underdog. Yeah, so this... this will, will this be out by, uh... I'm trying to think if this will be out by the time. Let's go with, um... We'll go with a Thursday pick, just in case this isn't out by yep. the Wednesday basketball games, because it probably won't be. I like the over on uh, Terry Rozier's points. Uh, with Lamelo banged up, I think Terry Rozier is right. probably going to have to take over for the Hornets, and uh, they have the higher than sitting at twenty and a half right now for Thursday. So I think he he probably goes higher than twenty and a half. Who are they playing? Uh, they are playing Brooklyn. Okay, uh, possibly, possibly. Then uh, watch along if you really want to watch Charlotte and Brooklyn. Watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website. Under underdogfantasy.com and when you sign up with the promo code SGPN Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. that's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN and we are brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets the sports betting analytics platform for parlays player props and game lines research every NFL, NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Let's keep our winning picks going with Featherweights. Steve Garcia versus Melky. Costa. I'm going to call him Melky. I'm not going to say his full name. It's Melquizel, right? Melquizel. Melquizel. 
or milk. Uh, so we got the meme machine. We'll tell you about him first. Uh, he's Mr. Garcia. He's 14 to five with 11 knockouts. He's got, got, got some power for a small weight class, a lightweight class. He's been knocked out once submitted once four and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights and three of four. All of his wins have come. All of those past three wins have come via TKO. He's fight up at lightweight and down at Bantamweight. One known contender series, five and two in Bellator, 2013 pro MMA debut, two inches of reach. Sorry, two inches type, four inches of reach on uh, Costa. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.24 strikes per minute, plus 190. Melky Costa. Melk Coffee is the nickname. Do we ever get to the bottom of what that means? I think it's just his name in like weird shortened form. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's 20 and 6, 20 6. Seven knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. One and one in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, including his last fight. He, just like Garcia, used to fight down at Bantamweight and up at Lightweight. Was a regional champion, four years younger than Garcia. Better striking stats, more active landing strikes than Garcia. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by two and a half strikes a minute. Uh, 2.58 is the exact number. Minus 245. I guess it's my turn. This is a number that surprised me. Um, didn't know the line was going to be like this. And I originally was going in on Costa, but as I'm, as I'm reading over the stuff and I'm thinking about how the line's don't really line up for me and i think about all the power that garcia has i'm gonna go with the dogger i think garcia is worth the two to one money that you're gonna get for him so give me the mean machine at plus 190 we're gonna be on opposite sides of every fight I guess. oh uh, yeah no I i'm going would, i thought this would be mean machine for you no and, and i told you i'm i like a lot of dogs on this one mean machine isn't one of them I, I like steve garcia a lot and to your point he's got great power He's fighting a, a shoot to box guy. You don't knock out shoot to box guys. They don't go down. Um, and Melk has kind of shown that, right? Like he's just sort of one of those dudes who marches forward. He throws at incredible pace. And in his last fight, he showed he's a he's a really great wrestler. And I know the wrestling stats kind of don't bode out for him. But remember that his first fight was a short notice fight in Brazil, up a weight class against Tiago Moises, who is a, a you know a, a grappler by trade. And he scored a whole bunch of takedowns on him. If you take that fight away, give him a full camp and look at his only fight down at featherweight in the UFC. He manhandled Austin Lingo. And Austin Lingo is a pretty big featherweight too in the bat. So like for Melk to go in there and just absolutely, you know, kind of take it to Lingo. Cause it wasn't just the grappling. He like, I want to see he outstruck him like a hundred to 30 or something like that in that fight. Like, Melk just comes with a pace that I don't know Garcia can match. I know Garcia, when he's kind of like run into trouble striking, has just like gone to his wrestling. I don't think that's an option here. I think there's a chance he winds up on his back. Um, even though he like, you know, sort of comes from a more of a wrestling background. Uh, at least I think he was a high school wrestler, if I'm remembering correctly. And I just think Melk is going to put a pace on him. He's not going to be able to match. I think he's a little bit more technical. I think he's a little bit more durable. And I think he's got a little bit more wrestling. So I'm, I'm going to go with Melk here. You just reminded me why I was picking Acosta to begin with, Dan. But he's a shoot to box guy. You don't pick against shoot to box. <laughs> uh, apparently, I apparently I do, just with my gut. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, lightweights, Drakkar Close versus Joe Selecki. I'll tell you about Selecki first. Thirteen and three, one knockout, eight submissions. He's been knocked out once, so pretty durable. Five and one in the UFC. He's won two straight. Last one via submission. One and zero in contender series. Five years younger than Close. Or Klosa, if you want to uh, talk German. He's uh, got better grappling stats, and he's got a positive strike differential in UFC of 0.71 strikes per minute. He's at plus 107. Klosa, 13-2-1 with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once. 7-2 in the UFC. He also has won two straight in five of six. However, he's not fought since July of 2022. Was a regional champion, twice more active than Selecki landing strikes. 
He's got a positive strike differential of 0.94 strikes per minute, and he's at minus 132. Go ahead. I'm going with Jakar Close. Uh, I, I think uh, I think he's one of those guys who's kind of like criminally underrated um, in terms yeah. of the UFC. Like you mentioned, he's won five of six. The losses to Benil Dariush, and he had Benil Dariush damn near knocked out in that fight. Like we, mm-hmm. we very cl- closely could be talking about Jakar Close on a six-fight winning streak that would include, first of all, one of the guys in the main event this weekend in Benil Dariush. And second of all, that win streak also has a guy in the co-main event in Bobby Green, because he beat Bobby Green too with like pace and size and like I, I mean like he's a big bodied lightweight who knows how to use it and is, is pretty sharp on the feet. Does he have crazy finishing power? No, not really. Like I, I, you know, like not being able to put Benil Dariusha out there, maybe no shame in that because Benil's kind of durable. But like his numbers don't vote out for being like a big finisher. But I don't think he has to be to beat Joe Selecki, right? Like it's pretty clear where Joe Selecki is best in his game, right? Like we're, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not breaking any new ground here saying that like Joe Zalecki wants to grapple you if he has the option. And, and like, I, I don't know that I buy that he has enough of a wrestling advantage here against Dracar said that that will be a sustainable game plan. Uh, and on the feet, I don't think he's better. I, I think Dracar is going to outbox him. I think there's a lot of things that Dracar does. Um, particularly working the body occasionally that I think will bother Joe Selecki and sort of wear him out. Um, and, and I don't think Joe's going to gonna be able to finish him in there. So, yeah, give me your car closer. Yeah, I'm taking him as well. His inactivity is a bit of it, a bit of an, uh, an issue. As you said, he was, you know, putting together a really, really nice streak there. And then, um, you know, he, he hasn't been fighting very often. He, he got hurt in a weigh-ins and um, ended up being out, what, two years after that Jeremy Stevens uh, gave him a spinal injury in the way in. So, um, but still I, I'm taking him here. Um, so lucky that, like you said, he, he relies on the, the grappling to win fights and close as a, a pretty solid grappler. Plus he should have the strength and the physicality advantage over his opponent here. So Closa is our pick. All right. Middle he's also, Zach. He's also got the, uh, about to have a baby bump that, uh, we oh. got Cooper. yeah, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna have a kiddo pretty darn soon. So yeah. Court, Courtney, cast iron. Courtney Casey is pregnant. I did not realize. That. Yes. Yes. That's why we haven't Whoa. seen her in a minute. She should be Courtney Casey Closa. Wouldn't that be an amazing name? <laughs> that would, that would be pretty good. <laughs> cast iron. Courtney Casey Closa. Uh, all right. Middleweights. <laughs> Zach Reese versus Cody Brundage. Cordy Brown is taking some strays. So actually it wasn't strays. He was taking straight uh, uh, shots <laughs> straight to the dome in our discord. Uh, Cody Brown is nine and five, four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once three and four in the UFC one and three over his last four. His win can be a DQ in his last fight. Oh, and one on the contender series. So he's good at losing. Um, used to fight at light heavyweight was a regional champion, better grappling stats than Reese. Uh, he's outstruck as if I'm sorry, he Brunish has been outstruck by 0.83 strikes per minute plus 180. Do you know who he's married to? Speaking of fighters married to other fighters, uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper. Yes, ABC is now ABB, not as fun. Um, <laughs> all right, Reese Savage is a nickname. He, he doesn't no play on Reese's pieces, Reese's peanut butter cups. He's just <laughs> savage. He, he gives himself a generic MMA name at like Savage instead. So lame. Um, all right. Six and oh, Reese is four knockouts, two submissions. So he's finished everyone. This, so he must be a savage. Dana White probably gave him this nickname. Uh, this is his debut after going one and oh on the contender series. Four inches of height, five inches of reach on Brandage. So he is much bigger. Uh, almost four times more active landing strikes. We're basing this off of one fight for him. 
he did get outstruck in that fight by 2.43 strikes a minute. Is at minus 230. It shows what the what the books think of uh, Cody of uh, Cody Brunage. I can't pick Cody Brunage here. I don't even barely re- even remember Reese from Contender Series, but uh, I can't pick Cody Brunage here. Um, give me Reese. Hopefully he's he's got a, a bigger MMA, not only a bigger body, but a bigger MMA brain than uh, Brennan has, which shouldn't be too hard. I can I can pick Cody Brennan. <laughs> You're picking Cody Brennan. You, you hinted in the in the Discord like you want always want to pick him, but he's so dumb in fights. But now you're picking him. Okay, he's made funny. a lot of bad decisions. Right, like jumping guillotine thirty-one times in a row, never <laughs> oh, yes. a good decision. And he did that it against, enough never to take him again. He did it against Rodolfo. Which was maybe the yeah. worst choice, and then he did it a bunch versus uh, Dumas, uh, Cedricus Dumas, and like all of those things are bad. Uh, his his loss <laughs> yep. to or his win rather over Jacob Malkin certainly didn't bestill confidence in him for me either. But here's the thing about Cody Brundage. Cody Brundage is two things. Number one is he's a good wrestler. I think we can all agree yep. that like when he decides to be offensive with his wrestling, he's good with it. He's got a big right hand too. He can knock somebody out. We've seen him knock people out before with one big shot. Was it uh, Dalton Lugiambula he knocked out? Like he, he can go knock a guy out if he needs to. Zach Reese in his contender series fight, incredibly hittable by a much shorter opponent who then wrestled him and took him to the ground. Now, obviously the problem on contender series for Zach Reese was he went for an arm bar. And not only did Eli Aronoff not get his arm out of there, he actively put his arm further into the arm <laughs> yes, bar. I remember him now. <laughs> yeah. He actively put his arm further into the arm bar being like, no, please take this with you. Um, could I see Cody Brundage doing exactly that? Maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, I think he's a little smarter in top control. I actually think his hands are a little bit better. And the thing about Zach Reese is go ahead and look at his record. Has he ever made it out of the first round? Do we know what it would look like if Cody Brundage wrestled him for five minutes? What kind of gas Zach Reese would have in the second? I think he'd be pooped. I think he wouldn't be able to keep up that kind of pace, especially with a big frame like that. So uh, I, I think there's just too many variables for me to like Zach Reese. What would you say the number on Zach Reese was? Uh, it's way too high. <laughs> minus, <laughs> two, minus two, minus two thirty. Yeah, so, so so we can we can get Cody Brundage. You took Steve Garcia a second ago. Um, <laughs> if we can get it's Cody Brundage at yes. two to one, give me Cody Brundage at two to one. I, I believe right. I believe in Cody Brundage fighting a oh, smart God. fight. I want that on record. I believe in Cody Brundage fighting a smart fight. All right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to be fun <laughs> watch, watching this unfold as we know it's going to unfold on uh, on Saturday. Okay, let's go to our main event. A mom versus mom fight. We got some mom on mom action in the main event of the prelims. Women's bantamweight. Misha Tate versus Julie Avila. Um, Tate, Cupcake. Is a nickname, a famous nickname for her. 19 and 9, four knockouts, seven submissions. She's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Six and six in the UFC and was the champion for a short while. She's lost two straight fights, only won one of her last five. Uh, and she beat her one win was against a fighter almost as old as I am. Um, she has not fought since July of 2022. She's not won since July of 2021. Used to fight at flyweight, six and two in strike force, and the champion of the world there as well until Ronda Rousey came around was the regional champion as well. So she's got a big mantle uh, for sure. Uh, 2007 pro MMA debut also is a grappling uh, bronze medalist, silver medalist in uh, world championships and grappling 
one of the two. Uh, and she's been outstriking the UFC by 0.49 strikes per minute. She's at plus 118. The Raging Panda, Julia Avila, nine and two, four knockouts, two submissions. She's been knocked out once, three and one in the UFC, won her last five via submission. That was back in June of 2021 before she became Mama Panda. Uh, has not lost a fight since September of 2020. One and Invicta was regional champion, 2012 pro MMA debut. Inch height, three inches of reach, two years younger than Tate. Better striking stats, more active landing strikes than Tate. And she has outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.32 strikes a minute. She's at minus 148. All right, finish it off for us. I'm going Tate. Uh, I'm going to go with Cupcake Tate in this fight. I, um, First of all, I I under recognize the age question. Probably the age question on Misha Tate, is she washed? Man, that seems like the question we ask every single week about somebody, right? Is she yeah. or he yeah. washed? Uh, is Jessica Andrade washed? Is I mean, we asked if Derek Brunson was washed. And look at what we said about both of those two afterwards. Nope, they're not. Uh, they're both still pretty good. I actually still think Misha Tate's pretty good. But more importantly than that, this is kind of a fate on Julia Avila. She's been away for a really long time. Mm-hmm. In like, uh, And I hate bringing this into the handicap, but it's like it's it's wrong not to mention it. Have we ever seen somebody come back from having a kid and look good in their first first fight back? Mackenzie um, Duran? She looked terrible she look in her first fight back. Yeah. And then in second or third fight, she started yeah. to find her legs again, put yeah. together a nice run. You could say the same thing about uh, Nina Nunez slash Nina Ansaroff. Like, yep. she looked awful in her first fight back, started to figure it out after that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use that as like the primary source of the reason to fade her, but also like she's never been really good at defending takedowns, right? She's never been good against a physical fighter. Sajara Eubanks manhandled her um, and, and Sajara Eubanks. Well, at least she thought she was a flyweight. She wasn't really a flyweight. No, <laughs> um, no. Uh, but like Misha Tate, that, that path to victory is there for her, right? Like she could grapple her up. I think her timing's going to be better because if he has been away for so long and, and like, you know, again, hate to, to beat that drum again, but just like two years off after having a kid and trying to get herself back in there, it hasn't gone well for other fighters. Maybe she's the one who bucks that trend, but I just don't think she's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to take Avila. Regardless, um, I, I don't have much faith in Tate. She's been off forever as well and has barely fought uh, over the past decade, uh, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how Avila's going to look, obviously. That I'm, I know what she's going to look, but based on... When she fought before, she, she's gonna be a better striker, a more powerful striker than Tate. And uh, she's she's an okay grappler. She, she's not she doesn't rely on her grappling uh, to win fights. She, she's not the worst grappler in the world. She, she can handle herself there, but um, I think it's on the feet is where it's going to be won. So give me the mommy, as in Avila mommy, not the other mommy, as in Misha Tate. All right, let's recap. Not a lot of consensus here, uh, which is <laughs> you, 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 that's fine. You got both sides of the story that way. Uh, he's got Tate. I got Avila. I have Reese. He has Brundage. We both have close stuff. So there you go. Lock <laughs> lock that one in. Uh, I switched last minute and took Garcia. He took Costa. Both have Bellato. You can lock that one in as well. I have Terman. He has Gooden. And we both have Horth. So lock Jamie Lynn Horth in as well. Because we're what? About 61%, I think. 62% when we are, have a consensus uh, pick. So that, that's career of the podcast. So it's quite a long time. We're almost at 500 episodes. All right. That's it. We're going to be back very, very shortly in your eyes holes and ear holes your choice either or or both if you choose um that will be tomorrow when we do the main card in the meantime we will be in the discord we're always in the discord sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord or you can message us or at least at the very least check out our content on twitter that would be uh what's what's the twitter guy sgpn mma would be it uh 
Also, Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox Writer. I'm on Twitter and Instagram under that handle. Obviously, subscribe to our YouTube channel. But we need to get our subscribers up. So subscribe, even if you don't watch us, at least subscribe from all, all your YouTube accounts. Just look for the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to my Substack as well. Even if you just want to subscribe to the free tier, that is fine. The free tier will, will get you into my uh, free pick and contest that I give away prizes for every week. So that would be moneymma.substack.com. You can get gummy, more gummy in your ears for free as well. The top turtle MMA podcast hasn't dropped into my feed yet, Gumby. Is it out there yet? Are you being it lazy? Will, it will that? probably drop at the exact same time as this podcast. Um, wow. You'll catch interviews with uh, the Mean Machine, Steve Garcia, who we talked about on here, and Arian yep. Young, who is uh, on the LFA episode we talked about earlier this week. Yep. Listen to us first, and then, well, obviously, if you're listening to this now, um, you it's too late to, to tell you what. <laughs> yeah, or too late to tell you what to listen to first. Uh, you chose right, though, and obviously the mothership for all Gumby and my writing and all, all the rest of our huge staffs writing all their podcasts, all their giveaways, all their uh, discounts, all that good stuff is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com or sportsgamblingpodcast, not or, and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Get in there and uh, help us crush corporate gambling. Okay, we'll be back very, very soon. It will be Mean Machine, Jeff Fox, and uh, of course, Traitor Gumby Vreeland will be there as well. Bye.